Hi, this is David, back with Slugcast, brought to you by the Division of Student Affairs and Success. I recently sat down with Rebecca Hernandez, the new community archivist at UCSC. The position comes out of what used to be called the Regional History Project, a unique oral history-driven project that was started in July of 1963, at a time when the Santa Cruz campus was still in the planning stages. Its major purpose was to interview longtime residents of the Central California coast whose comments would add significantly to the inadequate written history of the region. The RHP has produced some amazing oral history projects. Two more recent books are Seeds of Something Different, a two-volume must-have collection for UCSC alum who remember the pivotal moments in the university's history and The Empty Year, a collection of oral histories with UCSC students and staff and how COVID affected their lives. I was fortunate to be an interviewer as well as being interviewed for the book as well. When the director of the Regional History Project, Irene Reddy, retired two years ago, the library set out to reform the RHP into what is now the Community Archive. The Community Archive is ran by the Community Archivist. A nationwide search was rolled out but the perfect candidate for the job was right here at UCSC. I sat down with Rebecca Hernandez to learn more about the community archiving and what she brings to this new and unique role. Yes, I grew up in Southern California in a town called Alhambra, which is about five miles south of Pasadena. It was a bedroom community, very good place to grow up because of its location, incredibly diverse. And when I reflect back on my grade school and high school years, I'm so grateful that I had a lot of different kinds of people to share my young life with, you know. Um, and by that, I mean a whole wide cross section of not just ethnicity and race, but also class. And that really helped me, I think learn how to navigate different environments with more ease. And um, so that's my early life. I was, I came home from the hospital to Alhambra and I graduated from Alhambra High School. And then I went to Pasadena City College as a community college student. I ended up at, uh, at, at community college because I was so poorly prepared for college and I really didn't think I was going to go to college. That was the main thing. I uh, was an artist and, and I wanted to be an artist, like a full-time working artist. But, you know, when you're 17 years old, like what you think is a good idea is usually not. From there, I um, took some time off in between and went to the College of Santa Fe in New Mexico, which shared a campus with the, um, the Institute of American Indian Arts. And so I had the chance to attend classes both at that school, which shared the campus, and the College of Santa Fe. And it was a beautiful, beautiful, such a good decision to leave Los Angeles and go to Santa Fe. <laughs> uh, that was before Santa Fe was a thing, you know, so it was still a town. It was still very small. The college was really small that I attended. It was a Christian Brothers College. And so um, there were, you know, probably a couple thousand students in the whole school.
my tribe is from there. I'm Mexican American and Native, and my tribe, the Mescalero Apache Nation, is in the southern part of the state. So that was another reason why I thought it'd be kind of nice to go back there and see what life was like. I went to Cal State Fullerton, CSU Fullerton, for their MFA program in museum studies and exhibition design. And it turned out I was a much better designer than I was an artist. On the advice of a, of a mentor, I applied to UCLA's American Indian Studies program and got in and went through that program. And um, that was when I really took the turn away from the arts and into the academic side of the house. And that was my first exposure to real privilege. And I think that's when I realized like, wow, these aren't like people I know. (laughs) And so so that was a a real turning point for me. And the work that I, the writing that I was doing, which was all about, I was really interrogating systems of collecting and systems that are associated with, we call in library cataloging, but it's also just, you know, how things are described. But there's also a lot of art that is just completely left out of the record. And it's mostly because the white people who studied Native people didn't know how to how to talk about it. I went to the University of New Mexico for my doctorate and wrote a dissertation that um, doing a deep dive into the practices of people who not only write about Native art, the process because of the way in which people have done this work really influences the way that people understand American Indians because people rely on that scholarship to talk about Native art. When this position came open, the position I hold now, which is community archivist, it was really, for me, um, a way to utilize all the skills that I had gained as a student along with all the work I'd done to build community and to connect with the community. And uh, I've spent a lot of time really trying to uh, connect with folks in Santa Cruz County. So we're on the third floor of McHenry, and that's what makes us significantly different than the rest of the library, is we have a reading room. And you say, okay, I want to come in and look at uh, John Doe's papers. You make an appointment, we pull the materials, and then you sit in the reading room and you go through those boxes and you look at whatever it is you're interested in looking at. So archives in general have existed as long as libraries. And, um, And there was always a very particular approach to what was collected. And I'm sure that most people can imagine it was not the histories and the stories of folks that were considered common. They they were collections of the exceptional, right? They were collections of the wealthy or the movers and shakers and the people that had a lot of power and folks that made big impacts from a particular perspective. However, a community archivist shifts that script and says, without the community, those things could not have been accomplished. So what stories, you know, the things that we have preserved, the things, the stories that we have told, the people that we put uh, up as models of success, maybe wouldn't have gotten there without 
the help and the work of the people who are part of the community, who uh, got up and went to work every day as a farm worker, as a seamstress, as a mom, as, as someone who, as a teacher, there's been a big push to introduce community archiving. And um, many universities and institutions are hiring now people to come in and be community archivists. But the skill set is very different uh, than, than a, a, a more traditional archivist. Uh, community archivists are charged with getting out into the community. After my first month on, we started making appointments. And by we, I mean my amazing boss, Teresa Mora. And we started making appointments with people in the community and on the campus that we knew were particularly interested on campus in the community archivist position, but off campus, people that we knew were doing really exceptional work. People that are out there, they're not scholars, they're not faculty, and not to say that faculty aren't doing that important work, because they are. We, we interviewed a lot of faculty too. But in the community, what we're trying to do is to get out to folks and talk with folks who, for example, ran organizations that were culturally like identity centered or identity focused organizations, such as the Japanese American Citizens League or the Italian Catholic Federation or the Veterans Associations, right? All of these organizations have members that have typically grown up in the area and as a consequence have a lot of really amazing stories to share about themselves personally, but also about their community. We believe, anybody who's doing community archiving believes that once those stories are put into an archive and made available, the diversity of stories is gonna make everybody's scholarship better. So right now people have access to very particular kinds of information, but a community archivist is saying, no, you're only seeing a certain portion of the story. You're only seeing a slice of the pie. There's all this other stuff that went down before and now that needs to get recorded and put into the archives. So when people come in the future, to do research, they will have access to that and it'll make for a much more robust history of this place and a much more accurate history of this place because so many of those voices are silenced, ignored, people are indifferent about them or have been historically. That's the work of a community archive and a community archivist is, is the um, sort of catalyst for it. And and ultimately, what community archives allow for, David, is um, it moves toward a kind of social justice. The reason it, it, it bridges social justice is because when we tell a story that is otherwise unheard, we are, right, opening the door for those voices and we are helping people to better understand where they are. I really want to encourage, this is another thing as students are listening, um, you know, consider uh, a career in as a librarian. I think um, 
I, I, I have a wonderful uh, group of colleagues that I work with and the kinds of things that get done behind the scenes are really interesting. And I think people don't talk about librarianship as a career option much. I, it, I, I never heard people talking about it when I was running the center um, as an option. Like, oh, I wanna be a librarian. It just never came up. So if you are interested in um, and committed to community, I think growth and 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 whether it's at a, in out in the community, at a school or at a university, librarians do really important work and do really interesting work. And I I just encourage folks to think about it. And if you're a student and you're interested in learning more, you can you know here at UCSC you could definitely reach out to me and um, I'd ha I'd be happy to answer or introduce you to folks you know that could tell you more about their their careers. I've been thinking about this quote ever since I saw it and it's downstairs in our processing area here at the library. And one of the librarians that is, a, or one of the catalogers has it up in her in her uh, area, work area. And I remember passing by it and thinking, wow, it's not an exact quote, but something like, you can go to Google for an answer and you'll get 5,000 answers, right? But you go to a librarian to get the right one. So um, utilize the library, make, you know, you can ask a librarian online um, and they will more than happily, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, give you some information. But also, you know, I know that here at UCSC, the library is a place where a lot of students come to study. But also just, you know, find a topic that you really like. And it could be anything. Could be sewing. We have an amazing collection of cookbooks. Um, all kinds of books are here. And you can go to that section and walk the stacks and find something that you've never seen before, guaranteed. And it could be the one thing that just, you know, shifts for you, something in you that you think, wow, you know, now I'm now I know, or this is something I really want to learn more about. So yeah, take advantage if you're here at UCSC of this amazing place and the people here and all of the all of the knowledge that's wrapped up in the in the librarians <laughs> who work here. Um, they're great folks. Well, and I know students might be listening to this, and I really want to say that, you know, one of the messages I feel is really important for students to hear is that there's no one way to move through school, to move through college. I get really frustrated by the messaging that, oh, as soon as you graduate, you have to think about grad school. And as soon as you're done with grad school, you got to think about this. And, you know, and it's like, actually, you know, I'm so grateful that I took time off between my degrees. I worked. I got to I got to the place where I really felt like I thought through what it is that I wanted to do. And you just never know when you turn a corner how things are going to change. This has been David with Slugcast. I want to give a special thank you to Rebecca for taking the time to meet with me. 
and make sure you stay tuned to Slugcast for all things UCSC. Take care. The music for today's episode was brought to you by Micah Beats with the song Dramatic.